Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yanyan. Today we're taking up lesson number two on Hagar and Ishmael and talking about this. No matter what happens in life, God has a plan to get that thing to turn it around no matter how evil it is. Some of you have runaway children. You're separated from them even right now, but I want you to know that just like God heard the cry of Ishmael, he's gonna hear the cry of your child out there too and bring it back. You ready to get to the word of God today? I know you're interested. Let's go to the word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome back to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. This is day number two as we're talking about Hagar and Abraham and Sarah, and Hagar came to work for Abraham and Sarah. And listen, the whole program is simply to teach you one thing. I don't care how bad life is. I do care. But on the other hand, it's not so bad that God can't turn situations around. In fact, oftentimes we look at a person in the Bible, like Hagar, we think, oh man, and Ishmael, the, the son that was born to her and to Abraham, and thank God they got rid of those guys and sent them out. Well, to be honest with you, God didn't expect them to do that. Sarah did that. In fact, Sarah is the one who asked Hagar to go to bed with her husband and Hagar was her servant. What was she supposed to? You say, oh, she probably enjoyed that. Well, I'm not sure she did. It was something was not expected of her, wasn't asked of her. And she had to know it was going to change the entire dynamics of living in the house. We're seeing problems today. And again, this brought on massive problems for Israel later because out of the nation, that uh, Ishmael brought forth, I mean, they end up being some of the biggest enemies of Israel. God didn't intend it that way. In fact, it was made a nation out of Ishmael for a purpose that was to be a blessing. God said to Abraham, I'm gonna bless that child because he's your son. Your seed is in him, so I'm gonna bless him for that. I didn't plan on this. This wasn't something I wanted, but you're the one that that did this, but I'm gonna turn your curse around and make it into a blessing. And so it did for a while until eventually that nation began to hate Israel and today represents some of the longest standing enemies of Israel, all coming from Ishmael. Let's go back to it for just a moment, though. I brought out the beginning of the broadcast yesterday. Today, we're facing problems in church that's coming from the world. I mean, we have divorce so rampant in our country that in many classes, I've talked to pastors about up to 80% of the children in that class do not live with a father. They only have a mother. And many of them who've gone through sexual abuse had a stepfather. The stepfather comes in and because we've made a divorce so easy that instead of working out our problems, let's just get a divorce. And so you find someone else. And so a wife often after being divorced for some time, finally finds another boyfriend. They finally get married. And then he comes in the relationship and finds out there's children in this thing. Of course, he knew it, but those children aren't his. He thinks, well, that's some other man's child. And so they're just possessions. They're not, they're nothing to be loved, taken care of. And so he begins to sexually abuse those children because why? They're not mine. Well, the children cry out to the mother sometimes, but she won't do anything about it in many cases because she doesn't want to lose this man that she's got. I mean, the whole thing gets compounded more and more and more. And again, like I said yesterday, we're living in a me generation. And again, Paul brought it out in Timothy where he said in the last days, men would be lovers of self and goes on to identify everything, rebellious toward parents, notwithstanding authority, not caring about other people. Uh, Again, the whole thing, lovers of money. The whole thing comes back to, again, one thing, and that is the fact we're thinking about us. And today we live in that generation. And children and young people and youth, you know, they're always, but what about me? What about how I feel about things? Well, get used to life because life isn't always about you and what you want. 
And so we have really people pulling in every kind of direction because people want their way. So again, we come back to it, that when Hagar came to work for Abraham and Sarah, she had been taken out of Egypt. They found her there. They loved her. They, they took care of her. She loved them. But when she got there, she found it was a difficult place to work. And so living with people, as she did with Abraham and Sarah. I mean, you might think people are nice, but if you have to live with them for a while, you begin to find out nothing and no one in life is perfect and no situation is perfect. And so that's what she found. Hagar came to work for Abraham and Sarah with an expectancy, but instead she found it a difficult place to work. Welcome to life. There's always things we expect out of life, but when we get there, it's not at all what we expect. In some cases, part of it is better than we thought, but most of it is, I didn't expect this. I didn't expect it to be this bad. You're living in the devil's world. God doesn't make evil situations. Evil comes from three sources, either number one, Satan, number two, the world system, or else from our own flesh, and God's not involved in any of those three. God makes answers. Oftentimes we think, well, God sent this evil person in my life to teach me something. No, that evil person was already here and coming across your path, but God can take and teach you things through the evil found in this world. God did not place evil here, but he can teach you. It's the same way with our children. We don't purposely send bad drivers out to aim their cars for our children's cars, but we teach them, we teach our children, there are drivers out there like that. Welcome to life. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Satan, the flesh, the world are the ones who put those problems out there because we lived in a cursed world. But God's the one who placed the answer in the midst of the curse and promise he would deliver us out of them all. Trust in God. So again, I mean, I don't put evil, you know, if my child was there, like the parable says, if you ask for something good from God, will he give you something evil? Well, we have even preachers teaching that, oh yeah, God will send evil into your life. No, he doesn't. God does not purposely send evil into our life, then we would purposely send evil into our children's life. But we tell them evil is present. It's in this world. When we send somebody out there to fight in a battle, we do not create Al-Qaeda. We don't create the enemy. They are just out there, but we teach them with our weapons. I'm going to give you superior weapons to those. Guess what? God has given us the weapons of our warfare, superior to Satan, no matter what he has, superior to demons, and even given us authority over demons and the works of the enemy. And so we have that, but we, why do we have it? Because this is the devil's world and will not be the, the uh, world for Jesus Christ until he comes back and takes it back. And again, it will become his. Again, when God put Adam and Eve here, they sinned and literally took what God gave them and handed it over to Satan. They took the world's system and gave it to Satan. And when Satan faced Jesus, he said, I'm going to give you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll just bow down and worship me because it was given to me and to whoever I want to give it to, I can give it to them. So again, uh, we come back to Abraham and Sarah and, and we have with Hagar. Hagar didn't ask for all this stuff, but she found the evil that was present in the house, even among believers. So she didn't hire on to be a surrogate mother for a man and a woman who could not have children. She is hired by a woman who manipulated her staff and manipulated her to have a child for her and Abraham in their old age. Thinking again, here's how again that Sarah thought, I know God probably promises, but we're too old. And she looked at all the natural circumstances and she thought of her own way to get around this. And then later when the child was born, 
uh, Sarah became pregnant. So Hagar then becomes the object of jealousy for doing what her master asked her to do. She also worked for a man controlled by his wife. And when the child was born, she and the son were bonded to the father who did not want to think of separating from them. Hagar's obedience just brought in more chaos. She moved from a relatively good situation to Sarah to a relationship of hatred and fighting and jealousy and bitterness. Abraham must have thought he could have sexual relations with Hagar and not become bonded to her, but there's always a bond when you have sexual relationships with someone else. Ishmael also had to live with his father and mother's choices. And our decisions not only affect our life, they affect our children's lives. We live in a generation, like I said again, which only consider what it means to me. When Isaac was born, Sarah found out she didn't need Hagar like she thought she did. And the woman that she had taken care of even asked to sleep with her husband to have a baby to help their problem. Now she's turning against her because why she has her own child. And guess what? God's promise came to pass. He said that the baby would be born between uh, Abraham and Sarah. So be careful of making long-term decisions about temporary problems. Sarah made a decision based on circumstances, not stopping to remember that God's promises was a son to her and a son to Abraham, not coming through the bondwoman. But none of us get to pick the home we are born into or the economic or physical situation we have to live with. One day when Ishmael was playing with Isaac, Sarah told Abraham to throw out the child and throw out his mother. Abraham didn't want to throw them out. God had to speak to Abraham and told him to listen to Sarah. Even though Sarah's attitude was wrong, the basis of what she was saying was right. This child is gonna be born to us. And so we just need to kick her out. There was a better way of handling this situation, but God said, I'll take care of her. So again, God had to speak to Abraham and told him to listen to Sarah. Sarah was not right because of her feelings, but right because of God's promise. At least that part of her was right. And Sarah's rejection of Hagar and Ishmael did not stop God's plan for them. Why? Because God has a purpose for you. Even if your mother rejected you, someone else had to raise you. No matter what the situation is, God always has a plan for your life. Romans 8, 28 says this, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. I know we quote that verse so often, but you know what? It's quoted quite often because it's just so true. People have used that for centuries. You know what? It's because it's true. All things work together for good. Notice what this verse does not say. Here's the abuse of that verse. Well, all things are good. It doesn't say all things are good. It says all things work together for good. God has this ability to take and take all the situations we come into, blend it together and turn it into a blessing for us, a stepping stone. Instead of being something that's supposed to trip us up and Satan puts in our path, it ends up being a stepping stone. All things work together for good. And literally the Greek means that. It can be blended together, put together and come out with something good on the other side. When I was growing up, my mother made the best chocolate cake. Don't tell me your mother made the best chocolate cake or your grandma. My mother made the best chocolate cake. I remember as a young boy, 
She was making chocolate cake and I could reach up on the counter and I, you know, I tasted a little, you know, a flour. Doesn't taste very good. Baking soda, that didn't taste very good. Salt didn't taste very good. Raw chocolate doesn't taste very good. And I thought, how in the world do you take all this stuff and blend it up and come out with a chocolate cake? Welcome to the kingdom of God. God can take the good things in our life. He can take the turmoil. He can take the bitterness, the jealousy, the anger that comes against us, manipulation, people working against us, people trying to overthrow us, Satan himself trying to work against us. God can take all those things and blend them all together and come out with a chocolate cake every single day. I don't know how it works. Don't ask me to figure out God's plan. All I know is all things can work together for good. Why? If I love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, I know I've got a call. I know there's a purpose for me in life. And God is the one that no matter what problems rise against me, he saw it coming ahead of time. He didn't create the evil. He saw it coming at me and declared to me, I am greater and promised me many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. All I know is I don't know know how God's going to get me out of this. I don't know how this situation is going to turn around. I don't know how my enemies are going to end up serving me. I don't know how this cursing is going to turn into a blessing, but it's not up for my pea brain to figure out all these things. It's up to my simple faith to say, God promised it. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. All things are going to work together for my good. And Satan, I simply declare to you right now, you want to destroy me, but you know what's going to happen in the end of this thing? I'm going to be standing. You're going to be on the mat. You might knock me down a few times when I get right back up. And one day you're going to be laying on the mat and you can't get up because this thing will be over and this problem will be over. And all I can tell you is Satan, I'll be standing on the other side, more blessed, more anointed, more friends, more great times ahead of me than ever before. Why? Because my God is going to work it all out and all things are going to work together for my good. Ha, great news. See you right after the break. Many Christians are quick to confess all that they are, all that they have, and all they can do. They appear to overflow in knowledge of righteousness, healing, authority, and many other spiritual truths. Yet for all this spiritual knowledge, many of these same people are foolish and unlearned when it comes to the practical things of Christian life. As James said, my brethren, these things ought not be so. The book of Proverbs is a prime source of the wisdom we need for daily existence, and a close study of it is well worth our time and attention. In Proverbs Wisdom for Today, Bobby Andian discusses what wisdom is, its benefits, how to find it, where it comes from, and how to receive it in order to help you live a life of wisdom. To order Proverbs Wisdom for Today, go to bobyandian.com. Rising Out of the Pit shares lessons from one of the most beloved characters in Scripture. Joseph was full of dreams from God, favored by his father, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, and locked in a dungeon. He faced trials far worse than most Christians ever see. But God delivered him, and he will also deliver you. If you feel like you're bound in Egypt, lost in the wilderness, or facing a fight, Joseph's story encourages, inspires, and instructs. Whether great or small, the only way to overcome your problem is God's way. Strengthen your faith, courage, and hope as you join Bob Yandian in studying the life of Joseph. To order Rising Out of the Pit, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Again, the book we're offering is on the book of Proverbs about training and raising up your own children. But also I did mention yesterday, want to mention today, that rising out of the pit. This is a story about Joseph and how Joseph was mistreated by his own brothers, his family. I mean, they tried everything to get rid of him, even thought after they got rid of him, he's probably dead by now, but they didn't care about him. They just didn't like him. They hated him because he was so good. They hated him because he loved God. And so again, but what happened was God took care of him through the whole thing. And at the end, they got to see him again and he forgave them for what they did. Amazing, a great story. Joseph, this is out of the pit. And listen, no one could have got pushed lower than he did. And yet God brought him out. There is no place man can put you, that Satan can put you, that the world can't put you. Or even sometimes you put yourself in a bad situation that God cannot bring you out of it. And again, the story we have here is of Ishmael and how that Ishmael was born. And we have here Hagar, his mother, and how that she looked for a plan and was presented a plan by Abraham's wife, Sarah, and the plan just collapsed in front of her. She's finally kicked out of the house. And what we come back to it again is this, is that God told Abraham, to send them out because he was going to make a great nation out of Israel. Sometimes it's the things we have to turn loose of that God can finally take and use it. But Abraham had to turn loose of them. Abraham loved that child. He loved that son. He was attached to his mother, Hagar. Again, not to love her like he did Sarah, but Sarah told him, and so he had to do it. God even told him to obey his wife and do what she asked him to do. So God told Abraham to send them out because he was going to make a great nation out of Ishmael. He may not be the promised seed to eventually bring in the Messiah, but it doesn't mean God can't make greatness out of someone's mess. Do you hear what I'm saying? No matter what mess you make, God can turn around and make a blessing out of it. Abraham sent Hagar and Ishmael away with only a loaf of bread and a bottle of water. Abraham sent her away with one day's worth of food and water and a baby he had put into her body. What happened here? Abraham was rich, but he was a deadbeat dad. I mean, in the eventually when it comes down to it, the only one he was obedient over later on was his own son. And whenever it came time for him to uh, slay Isaac or God asked him to, he was obedient to that. But I'm telling you here with this first son he had, uh, Ishmael, he didn't treat him right in the end as far as just giving them enough provision. God didn't say give enough for one day, but here's the point of it. It's even though Abraham did it, God still supplied for her. I don't care what people have done to you. I don't care what your friends have done to you. I don't know what Christians have done to you. You say, but they were a Christian. I know I expect higher people too, and I've been disappointed too, but I've never been disappointed with God and never been disappointed with his promise. Abraham was rich, like I said, but he was a deadbeat dad. He could produce a child, but he wouldn't take care of it. And in this case, when he sent them out, he should have sent them out. He was wealthy. He could have given them plenty of provisions, given them a cart, given them something with a cover over it. I mean, he could have given them a covered wagon on top of that and a horse or whatever to take them out. He had plenty of money to do that. He just sent her out with one bottle of water and with a loaf of bread. Ishmael is Hagar's child. She took care of him when Abraham would not. And after Hagar ran out of provision, she separated from Ishmael knowing that they both were going to die. Hagar loved Ishmael, 
but was powerless to help him. She separated herself so she wouldn't see him die. And then Hagar began to cry. This is an interesting story back in that because she was out there under a tree and she set the child under a bush far enough away from her to where she really could. She did not want to see that baby die, but she didn't know what else to do. And then she burst into tears crying and she asked God for help and said, what are we going to do? What are you going to do in this situation? Because everything looked helpless. I like to think of it this way. Hagar ran out of her own ideas. She probably thought this, I thought this, and probably Hagar was a pretty smart woman. Sometimes we don't give her the benefit of the doubt. She was probably a very smart woman. And she didn't ask to be in this situation. Again, she separated herself so she couldn't see her son die, but this is all she knew to do. And she finally burst out in tears thinking, I've tried everything I can. There's nothing left. This In this desperation when she cried, she only saw the fact that there was no help at all. She was used to having her help come from her, from her uh, employers, from her friends, from anybody else, but she had never really put her full trust in God. Hagar was a believer, but never faced a task like this. We sometimes as believers, oh, we often talk about, well, listen, if problems ever come along, I'm going to trust in God. Problems come along and we fall apart. And this is what Hagar did. She fell apart. On top of that, she probably trusted in Abraham and Sarah. Sarah let her down. Now Abraham let her down. She realized that she had to be pushed out of the house, but she didn't have to be treated like this and given just enough water and just enough food to last one day. What did he expect her to do? Die? Maybe Abram thought, if I'll just have them die, the problem will be over. I don't know what he was thinking at the time, but it was a horrible thing what he did to her. Again, a deadbeat dad. So Hagar cried. She didn't ask to be in this situation. And each day she thought something would probably happen to turn this situation around. Now she's run out of hope. It was not the cry. Listen, it's not the crying of Hagar that caught God's ear though. It was the voice of Ishmael. What a wonderful thing. Think about this. She was crying. The baby was laying over there. Maybe the baby was whimpering. It was all right for just a moment, but he, but God heard the voice of Ishmael. This was not Ishmael's fault but God heard his cry. You may not get an answer from anyone else, but God promises when you cry out, he will deliver you. God heard Ishmael's cry where he was. You may or may not know where your children are, but you know what? God knows. You're crying. God, hear my cry. Here's something better. God hears the cry of that daughter that ran away. God hears the cry of that boy that ran away. You say, I don't know what trouble they're in. God knows. And here's the point. Even though they were separated, She's over here. The child's over here. It's much like you're separated right now. You can't see what's going on. You don't even want to know sometime what's going on, but you're crying because you feel so responsible for what happened. And I can tell you right now, Hagar probably felt extremely responsible for what's going on. And she's bearing the brunt. What did I do wrong? How bad was I? I shouldn't have done this. And she's probably reevaluating everything she's done. And she's crying out to God. But here's the good news. God heard the baby's cry before he heard her cry and answered the baby's cry before he answered. Oh, God did answer her and told her, I'm going to take that son and make a nation out of him. But God took care of her, but already God was thinking what he's going to do for Ishmael. Here's the point. Your child is out there. You're praying for them. And all I can tell you is right now, understand before your cry ever came out, he heard the cry. He knows where your daughter is. He knows where your son is. He knows where your relationships are. And God just can turn those things around. And that's what he did with Ishmael. Put your trust in God for God knows where those kids are. God hears because he knows his promise to you and what he said he would do for you. Ishmael's cry also brought deliverance to his mother. 
God opened her eyes to the deliverance which she had been there so long all of a sudden and she suddenly looked over and she saw a well there and God provided for her. And God also provided for her future, brought them back and said, listen, I know you're not the one that did wrong, but I want you to go back and apologize to them and they're gonna let you back in the house. And she did that and raised her son around the father. That was very important to her. God opened her eyes to the deliverance which had been there all the time. I'm simply here to tell you, that well was there, she just couldn't see it. And all of a sudden, she saw it. God didn't just suddenly drop a well there. The well had been there all the time. God doesn't immediately begin to make plans for you when you run into problems. Your answers have been there long before your problems ever existed. Hagar forsook the Lord because of the instability of Abraham's family. We cannot throw out God because of the instability of his people. God wants to take care of us. I know in your own life, I've been around this too. There's times I've even trusted in sinners sometimes more than I could trust in saints. But what God did with Ishmael's cry, when he answered that cry, he said, I've got a plan for him and for his future. But you know what? That also includes you, Hagar. Although Hagar had forsaken the Lord because of the instability of Abraham's family, it comes back to this. Christians can be unstable. And we have to figure that out. On top of that, listen to me. I'm not gonna you know, make you angry. I hope not, but you're unstable too. You know you're unstable. There's times your instability has come out, but we suddenly throw our instability away when we see the instability of Christians around us, people who should know better. And I agree with you. They should know better, but I have worked for organizations that I had Christian bosses that mistreated me. I've been around situations in churches where church leadership has not appreciated me. But you know what? There's time I pastored for 33 years. I look back on some things. There's times I didn't treat people the way I know I should have. I had to go back later and ask them to forgive me. And sadly, many of them died, went on to be with the Lord, and I didn't get around to telling them. And I wished I could have, but I'm going to meet them in heaven and tell them exactly what happened. The point of it is we even disappoint ourselves. Others disappoint us, but we've disappointed ourselves. So what's the whole thing coming down to? What is the purpose of this broadcast today? Many of you have children that have run away. Many of you had children that got into drugs. You look at yourself and you beat yourself up. You're sitting here over under this tree and they're out there somewhere, you know, a bow shot away from you and you can't see what's going on in their life. But listen, when you cry out and your children cry out, God said, I heard your children even ahead of you. I'm more interested in getting that child back than you are. You think you're interested? I'm working on them right now and put your faith and trust in God. And I'm gonna agree with you. For those of you right now with children that have run away from home, you don't know where your daughters are. I mean, your your imagination goes wild. What could, what could be possibly happening with that 17-year-old girl that ran away from your house? And what about that boy that ran away? And you don't know what's going on in their life right now. They can never get out of the range of God. God will never come to you and say, I don't know where they are either. He'll never do that. God knows where they are and God will bless you. And God still has a plan for their life and a plan for your life. Hang in there and watch how God can work it out. You know, there was one man that told me, again, it was later in life when he finally ran across his child and that child came back to him. But what he said was in that whole time, he said that the young child finally came to it, got back in fellowship with God, got into a church, began to operate, and then finally began and called his parents back at that time. And here's the point. They're out there right now, but you know what? God is watching over them. You can't get away from the presence of God. David said in the Psalms, I can go to the highest mountain, but I can't get away from God. I can go to the depths of the earth and to the lowest caves, but I still can't get away from God. You can apply that to situations. I can get lost in crime, but God will still know where I am. I can end up being in prison, but God still knows where I am. And no matter where I am, no matter how bad the situation 
no matter how unstable Christians may be around me that have written me off, like with Job's friends, it still comes back to it. God had a plan for Job and prospered him twice as much in every area of life. This is the future I see for your children. So let's agree in prayer together. I don't know what their names are, but I'm gonna pray right now. And if you'll join me in prayer, moms, dads, those of you fearing for your children. In fact, you know what? There could be the children out there right now watching this broadcast while you're watching it, they're watching it, and you will hear from them soon. Father, right now, I agree with these parents. I agree for their children. Father, I pray for them right now that no matter what's going on in their life, no matter what's going on in the children's life, nothing has taken you by surprise. You saw it coming. You didn't make them get into evil, but you've already planned a plan of good to turn that around, and all things are gonna work together for good for the parents, but Father, most of all, for that child that's out there right now. Your hand is upon them. And Father, we give you praise and honor right now. You're working a situation out to bring them back into relationship and fellowship with you, as well as a fellowship with their parents and a brand new relationship with them. I give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Write me, let me know, contact me and tell me about those kids when things begin to turn around. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.